get in there, but uh, just continue to pray for him if you would, please. I was thinking about the message for tonight, and uh, I know a lot of Christians, and some of them are not well behaved. And I thought tonight that I would bring a message on how to be a well-behaved Christian. And uh, it's very important to understand that. That, uh, man, I I go to places and uh, I play golf with some of them. And uh, I was, the preacher that I was preaching the funeral with yesterday, I said, I got some, some of my golf buddies go to your church. He said, do they cheat? I said, yes, sir. <laughs> they hit it behind a tree and they kick it out behind a tree and say it's alright <laughs> they don't count that one and he said oh my <laughs> I shocked him <laughs> oh man but anyhow I, I laughed at uh, anyhow we, we have some good time but you know it, it's very important that Christians behave themselves and especially during the time that we're living in right now. I uh, I know that uh, there's a lot of things that come across my mind I get so angry about now because of this election, about what's happening in our country. And every once in a while I say things about it that I ought not to say, I suppose. But I do believe that uh, Christians have, have got to take a stand. We must take a stand uh, for our country and what's going on. And a lot of preachers and, and a lot of Christians want to say and want to preach and want to teach that Christians ought to forgive and forget and just go on and whatever will be, will be. Well, according to what I read in the Scriptures, Christians have a right in this world too. Amen. And we are to stand for what is right and uh, not just let... The, the old devil have his way. If we don't do something, if we don't pray like we ought to, if we don't take a stand when somebody says something wrong, that is, I'm talking about biblically wrong. Alright? I'm not talking about politics here. I'm talking about those that politicians and those that's in authority, when they say something that's against the Word of God, uh, Christians have got to speak out. They've got to say that's wrong. But at the same time, as I say that, we got to do it very practically. we got to do it very carefully. And we got to behave ourselves. Because uh, I had a young fellow call me just this past week, and uh, he said, Preacher, I'm, I got me a, uh, what is, one of them army guns, a... AR-15, I got a bunch of bullets, and I'm ready. If them proud boys up there want me, I'm on the go. <laughs> and he's already ready to fight. Now, now, folks, I don't want that to happen. I don't want no part of that kind of stuff. I want God to intervene, and I believe He will, and God's going to have His way. But at the same time, we got to behave ourselves. And I want to bring a message tonight, just a simple message on how to be a well-behaved Christian. In Psalm 101, David said, and this is a song of David. Think about that. A song, a song of David. I will sing of mercy and judgment. 
Unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. O when will thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A forward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Whoso privately slanders his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that has a high look and a proud heart, will not I suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off all the wicked doers from the city of the Lord. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, would you have your way tonight in our lives as we study these scriptures that you've given us about this thing of being behave ourselves as Christians that the world can see Christ through us at all times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now it's been said that there are two kinds of psalms. A psalm of praise and a psalm of practice. An example of psalm of praise is Psalms 100. Go back with me just a minute and look at it. Make a joyful noise in the Lord all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Enter in His gates with thanksgiving, and enter His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him, and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. That's a praise, that's a psalm of praise. And what David is teaching in that psalm, there ought to be a praising heart of us all the time. Amen? So you have a psalm of praise, and then Psalms 101 is an example of a psalm of practice. Now Psalms 100 is full of praise and thanksgiving. Psalms 101 is full of resolutions made by David just before he became king of Israel. All these resolutions David made here have to do with daily life and conduct, and they're practical. Nine times David said, I will. Five times David said, I shall. The key verse, and listen, is always a key verse in every chapter that unlocks the meaning of it. In chapter, I mean, verse 2 of Psalms 101 is, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. In other words, David is saying here, my behavior shall be such as will be pleasing to God and commendable in the sight of men. My daddy used to say to me all the time, behave yourself, boy. And I found out where he got it. He got it out of the Bible. Amen. And uh, two questions here that I want to give you tonight. Number one, are you a Christian? Number two, are you a well-behaved Christian? Now, a well-behaved Christian has a praiseful spirit. That is, you'll have a life that is filled with praise to God. Verse 1, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. That's a praiseful spirit all the time. Amen. Notice the important thing is that David sings as much as of judgment, though, 
as he does of mercy. Now, naturally, it's easier to sing of mercy than judgment. The easy, it's easier to sing when the sun is shining and all is well. Yet the grace of God enables us to have songs in our in the night. Psalms 77 in verse 6 says. Now, even in prison, and backs bleeding, people can still sing. Paul and Silas did in Acts 16.25. God gives His people the ability to glorify Him even in the fire. Isaiah 24 and verse 15. When life is pleasing, we say, isn't God good? But when troubles come, we tend to forget to say, isn't God good? And you got to remember something. God's good all the time. Amen. Uh, Romans 8, 28 is still there. All things work together for good. Amen. And Philippians said, My God can take care of it. He can supply all our needs according to His mercy and His goodness. The well-beloved Christian lies consistent in the, it should be consistent in the home. Now look at verse 2 again. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when will thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Now David had found, as all of us have, that it's the hardest place in the world to live a consistent Christian life is in the home. It really is. You know why? We get to know one another. You ever heard somebody say familiarity brings contempt? It does. It does. And my wife said one night, you sure snore a lot all night, you know. I said, I don't snore. And she said, yeah, you snore so loud you can't hear nothing else. <laughs> but one time I, I recorded it and I found out I do snore. And uh, that ain't very nice, amen? And what I'm trying to say, familiarity does bring contempt. And, and if you're in the home with somebody all the time, I've had some, uh, you know, people come up, are you that way all the time, preacher? Are you just loving and having a good time all the time? No. No, I'm just like you. I have my ups and downs too. Amen? And the hardest place that we find to live a consistent Christian life is in the home. 1 Timothy 5 verse 4 speaks of piety. Now, that's practical holiness. That's Christ-likeness of character and action. If we're careless and undecided in our lives at home or where we work, then the Word of God is blasphemed are exposed to reproach. There's a very searching question asked in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 15. What have they seen in all the house? What have they seen in all their house? Now, when I first got saved, I loved to go to people's houses. You know, and always, you ever noticed anybody, you visit their home and they say, would you like to have something to drink, preacher? Yeah. And I follow them to the refrigerator. You can't believe what you'll find in some Christians' refrigerators. A six-pack, and you can find wine in there, and yet they call themselves Christians. Now, I want to give you something. The Bible says we ought to, what have they seen in all thy house? 
me and my wife was invited to a very sweet Christian uh, home to eat spaghetti dinner one time, and I never will forget it. We went in, and, and they had, uh, let's see, is it uh, the old Italian, is it that uh, red wine goes with uh, spaghetti and white wine goes with steak and, and so on? I got news for you. There ain't no wine goes with my meal. That's right. Amen. Amen. And and they, there it was, right in the middle of the table. Oh, what color would you like, preacher, for your meal tonight? We're having spaghetti. Thank you. I wouldn't care for any. Amen. Now I got news for you. You can say what you want, but that's not consistent living. If I'm gonna preach, not drinking in the church, or not do it in the home, or not do it anywhere we go, or to be consistent in it. I, I never will forget Jimmy Carter, supposed to be a great Christian, got all the Christians in the country to vote for him. He got in to be president, and the first thing he did in the White House was uh, toast uh, with wine in the White House or, or some kind of liquor they was toasting. I said, you know what? He could have said no. That's all he had to do. He could, all he had to do was say, I'm a Christian. He even had to do that. And I like that. Piety begins in the home. Amen. And 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 15 says, What have they seen in all thy home? Do you ever notice the magazines and things that people have in their home? I laughed at our former, one of my former pastors one time. Some of the people that, you know, he was one of these kind of guys, he was above everybody else. I mean, you know, in the holiest living and everything, he never done anything wrong. Bless his poor soul. And, and so we got him, a bunch of us got together and got him a, uh, what it was a, a Playboy's magazine subscription, and we sent it to his office. <laughs> and I never will forget it as long as I live. We just did it as a joke, you know, playing with his mind a little bit. And you could hear him holler all over that church when he come into his office and found that man. Who did this? And he's above all that. Well, I got news for you. You go in a lot of Christians' homes, you find those magazines. You find all kinds of magazines in the home. And the Bible says, piety at home, practice at home, holiness. The well-beloved Christian refuses to regard iniquity. Look at verse 3. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not discreet to me. Now, a well-behaved Christian then refuses to regard iniquity. We cannot help but seeing wicked things. But it's a different matter to deliberately and willingly to set them before our eyes. Turn with me to Psalms, just a minute, 66. Psalms 66, just back up a little bit. And uh, look with me in verse 18. Psalm 66 and verse 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Now, if there's one thing that all of us desires, it's God to answer our prayers, answer. Amen. The Bible says that if we regard, if we set it before our eyes, iniquity, God will not hear us. So it's very important we don't have it nowhere near us. We need to apply verse 13 to literature we read, to places we go, the people we associate with, the thoughts of our heart, all these things has to do uh, with our home. Now, the well-behaved Christian is separate from the spirit of the evil age. Those who turn aside 
are unbelievers and backsliders or backsliders. And David resolved not to be like either one of them. I, the, the hardest thing for me to grasp, I think, in all the Bible, one of the hardest things in all the Bible is that God said that Solomon was the wisest man that ever lived. And he began serving the Lord with all his heart, the Bible says. He gave all his heart to God. He would not turn aside. But then he began to take wives of the Philistines into the world out there. And the Bible says they turned his heart from God. At the end of his life, he was worshiping idols. And I said, my goodness. What a shame. A saved person, a lost life. Think about that. So a well-behaved Christian is one that might have it around you, but you don't have to partake of it, and you don't have to have it around you. Forward. I not you look at verse 4 here. A forward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Now, we need to ask ourselves this question. Are our wills bent on pleasing self or God? Do we want to go out of our way or we want to go God's way? You know what? If somebody don't want to serve the Lord with me, I'm going to leave them alone. It's just that simple. And I believe that that's what God teaches us to do. The sixth thing a well-behaved Christian is uh, cultivates friends of whom God... Uh, approves. Notice the end of verse 4. I will not know a wicked person. Now notice our life and our testimony for Christ then uh, can be marred by those that we run around with. And verse 6. Verse 6. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way he shall serve me. In other words, David is saying here, and especially verse 7, He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I laughed at uh, <clears throat> when my wife, right after my wife had a stroke, and my cousin from West Florida came down, and she always thought she was a beauty queen. And uh, she's quite a bit older than me. And she come down and had everything she owned. Drove up to my garage door and, and knocked on me. I said, how did you find me? <laughs> and she said, well, I found out you lived in town. And I started asking people, where did the preacher live? Where did the preacher live? And she said, they finally directed me to your house. And here I am. And she said, Uncle Adu, she called me Uncle Adu. She said, Uncle Adu, I come to stay with you. I said, well, come on in. And uh, we put her up for night, and my wife, we fixed the best breakfast, you know, and, and then that night we fixed the best supper and got up next morning and fixed the best breakfast. She said, now, your daddy always let me come and stay with him. I come and stay with you. I said, come with me a minute. Because she got up that morning and put on the tightest pair of shorts and, and everything else in the world, walked around in my house and didn't care for nothing. And I said, come with me just a minute. I carried her outside. I said, you see that road right there? Uh, let me give you my brother's address. <laughs> <laughs> she went out to visit my brother. And my brother called, 
How did she find me? You must have told him. I said, no, I didn't tell her nothing. I don't know nothing. But I got news for you. Those kind of people are not going to live in my house. Now, I said all that as a joke just to show you something. Did you know as long as you're under my roof, you're going to do what I believe? Now, if you're not going to do what I believe, leave my house. And I mean it. And that includes my children and anybody else. As long as you're under my roof, you're going to do what I believe when it comes to Christianity because you're under my authority. But when you get out from under my roof, I can't handle it then. That's your problem. Amen? And the Bible makes that very plain. When somebody comes to stay with you, you don't change the way you're living just for them. Did you know you still ask the blessing? You did before they came, don't you? Or you do it when they're there. And it's the same way. You still have prayer. You still do the same thing that you always did. The well-behaved Christian has a controlled tongue. Look at verse 5. Whoso privately slanders his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that has a high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. David says he was determined not to be a party to slander or false or malicious reports. Before we pass on any news... We should always ask ourselves these questions. Listen now. Gossip is easy. You hear something, you don't pass it on. But always, is it true, number one? Number two, is it necessary to say it? Number three, will it help to say it? Number four, will it harm to say it? Number five, will it glorify God to say it? Number six, am I helped by saying it? And number seven, is it my business anyway? Amen? When you carry a tale or, or something that you've heard through those questions, I tell you what, it'll keep your mouth shut a lot of time. Listen, what is the answer to the well-behaved Christian life? Now, notice, I will behave myself. Watch it. Verse 2, I will behave myself. You know what? We pray all the time, God, you do things for me. God, will you take care of me? Will you make me do this? Will you do this for me, God? But God said, if you're going to be a way of a Christian, you've got to do it yourself. He lays it all on us. We can control ourselves. You ever heard, I told a man one time, I was playing golf with him, and he was a good Christian man. And uh, he had, you know, you get up to the green, and you take a, uh, a wedge and you hit it on the green. Well, he hit it across the green with a nine iron. And he went on the other side of the green and he hit it over in the sand trap. And then he went over in the sand trap and he hit it past the end about four or five times. He finally didn't get it on the green. He wrapped that club around a pine tree. And uh, I come up to him and I patted him on the back and I said, that's going to be a good club to use on the next green. <laughs> Then he said to me, Now I can't help it, I got a temper. I said, Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You can control your temper. There's not anything in your life that you can't control if you want to do it. You can do it. And the Bible says, I will behave myself. Amen. That's a well behaved Christian. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, would you take the message to our hearts and cause us to serve you as best we know how now? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing something, please. Turn the page 40, please. I'm going to get ready.
Come right on, Peter.